Hello, uh, welcome back to our Game Week 2 preview. Just making sure everything is working for like the first 30 seconds. I believe my mic sounds a bit off at the moment, but I think that's going to change any minute now. And once that happens, I think we're good to go. We should be good to go. Yeah, that's an immediate improvement in quality. Apologize for that. Right at the beginning of the episode. Uh, a bit of a solo one today because the boys are all either really busy. First of all, this episode is very late, um, even for those who are might be looking to join in as we uh, stream this out. A fair few days today, done a few errands and, you know, just couldn't get around to uh, putting this out there. But in the meantime, what I'm going to do, I kind of want to address... The topic that's in the thumbnail, which is what is going on at Chelsea. And I think that's a good place for us to start, right? So it's, it's quite simple. Uh, I, for one, am very concerned with how Chelsea have looked through preseason and also against Everton. They don't look very cohesive. They, um, they, they look a, a mess in, in all... <laughs> on all aspects of the pitch and off the pitch, as a matter of fact. Their transfer policy has been extremely scattergun. We kind of alluded to this earlier on in, um, in, in, the, in, in the first stream of the, of the season. They seem to be going for everybody and everyone. Uh, I don't quite see how Raheem Sterling bolsters the attack. Uh, Timo Werner has just left for Leipzig as of yesterday for a cut price of 20 million euros which is kind of insane, which I still find kind of insane. They're actively trying to uh, offload Hakim Ziyech. I don't understand the need to pursue Frankie de Jong. And I think this is um, something that I kind of want to highlight for both clubs that are in, in the running for Frankie de Jong. Both clubs have got an indication from the player that there is very little interest in him joining either of those clubs. Uh, even though the preference is that Frankie de Jong might want to move to London as opposed to Manchester. Uh, that and so he's not moving either for um, anyone. He's not moving um, purely because he he loves or he wants to be a part of either project. I believe Frankie Diong's play is still to grind his heels and um, and stick it out at Barcelona because there he is owed a massive sum in different wages, right? So I I don't even if he did end up moving to Barcelona, I don't quite know what the point of adding another midfielder to an already overloaded set of midfielders would do for Chelsea. Yes, it definitely gives them something, but I think the more pressing concern is up front. They're in desperate need of an attacker. And I wouldn't be surprised if they eventually just bit the bullet and went for the likes of an Ivan Tony or I believe they're linked to Aubameyang. So Aubameyang is someone they're actively trying to pursue and it would benefit Barcelona uh, in terms of balancing their books. Lewandowski has made it to Barcelona and I think Aubameyang, who just got a new number, might be deemed surplus requirements and he might just end up being bumped off uh, <laughs> the playing roster just after six months at the club, which is kind of nuts, right? But I kind of want to keep this episode short and to the point. We've addressed a lot of these issues, um, especially the Barcelona issues in the previous stream, which is also playing as a podcast. So 
uh, once again, if you are listening to this um, and you and you want to take part in a more interactive episode, we do this live every Monday and Thursday, anywhere between 9.45 to 11.30 uh, p.m. Indian Standard Time, which equates to about 12 to 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time or uh, to uh, up to about 2 to 2.33 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time is kind of what we're aiming at. Uh, so those are out, uh, and for those listening, and for those of you who are on stream, or those of you who find the stream a little later on, we do this every couple of um, days a week, and of course, this episode will also exist as a podcast um, soon after the episode is done recording. So very quickly, I kind of want to jump into uh, this week's fixtures and kind of run through like a prediction as to what to expect from um, the games this week. Like I mentioned at the start of the episode, a bit of a solo one. Akshay is traveling. Sid has guests over, so he's difficult. And Tushar, I think, is just still working, so it's a bit of a late one for everybody. But uh, let's kickstart off this episode by just talking about the opening fixture uh, of the game week, which is Aston Villa versus Everton. Um, <laughs> it's almost like a, the first El Sakiko is looming and we've, not, and we've barely kicked a ball this season. Both Gerard and Lampard have had horrible records. I think Gerard has probably the worst record. He has a record identical to Gary Neville's at Valencia. His fallout with Tyrone Mings uh, has kind of uh, has kind of you know put the fans against him against Gerard. I mean, uh, Tyrone Mings is a fan favorite, and the way he's being treated is not exactly hasn't exactly gone down well with the Villa faithful. Now, uh, judging purely by this game alone. I expect um, Villa's. I think Villa have a more well-rounded team. I know I said this against Bournemouth, and they kind of ultimately got um, sucker punched by Bournemouth with two extremely well-taken goals. But I don't think that'll be the case against Everton. I think back home at Villa Park with the crowd behind them, um, I expect them to get a result. I do expect Everton to score. So I'm going with a 2-1 for this um, this game. So 2-1 in favor of Aston Villa. And uh, I believe Lampard is in serious, serious trouble. I think uh, Amadou Onana makes his debut this weekend. Um, it, it would be interesting to see if he ends up being a wild card in this fixture. But judging purely by what Everton look like and the over-reliance on, um, on a set of players who haven't really produced the goods elsewhere... Mm-hmm. Coupled with the fact that Dominic Abbott-Lewin is out for the next few months, doesn't exactly bode well for Everton Football Club at this point. So moving on uh, to the next fixture, I'm looking at Arsenal and Leicester. Now Leicester look like all look all out of sorts. They still haven't made a signing. Yuri Tillemans is desperately being convinced to stay, but and I'm generally generally surprised that no club has gone in and put in an offer of 20 to 25 million what he's worth. Yeah, I think he looked pretty good against Brentford. Um, they desperately need to buff up that squad, especially up front. Um, Ricardo Pereira was is out for four or five months, I think, with an, with an ankle injury. So they they need cover and they need, in my opinion, a goalkeeper with the with the departure of Casper Schmeichel. So Leicester do need to get business done. While Arsenal look like they're flying, and I believe the the good form Arsenal have carried into. Um, their season, especially from pre-season, is going to play a major factor in this game because the mood around Arsenal Football Club at this point is a positive one. 
people are excited there for the first time in a very long time people are in concerned the fans are behind the team they're excited about where the project is going so it is a good time to be an arsenal fan and especially a, a home game against leicester who they usually have a good record at home against i expect them to come away with all three points i sense a tonal win to the arsenal gabriel he is just getting on the score sheet in front of the home fans for the first time and i think martinelli gets the second brighton newcastle now um newcastle have the highest xg in terms of goals for in the premier league and the lowest xg in terms of goals uh conceded so they don't offer a lot of chances uh, swen botman is is kind of making his way into that squad fabian shar and dan burn have become mainstays kieran trippier is looking good bruno gimerash is um, surprised no the club snapped up for him they do look a little um wonky up front but i believe that too will soon be sorted out given the the vast amount of funds that they have at their disposal brighton uh, at home in front of their fans i know home advantage plays um, plays a big factor but i think newcastle have enough in the tank um to squeak past them i callum wilson definitely i see getting on the score sheet once more and i see them coming away with with a 2-1 win uh, at against the seasiders so in terms of the next game which every fpl manager is targeting this season this week game week is man city versus bournemouth now this is the first time city fans see erling haaland in action and bournemouth haven't really added well to their ranks i don't particularly see them coming out of this game with anything else it's going to be a, a, a bit of a, a hard fought battle so especially if i i i see bournemouth getting absolutely rinsed to pieces in this game and man city coming away with a phone resounding victory with i'd say two goals from haaland before pep takes him off and pisses him off some more now here comes southampton versus leeds the two <laughs> I I don't quite know how to predict this game. Southampton are so erratic and so are Leeds. I think Leeds look like they have more of a backbone this season. They did come from behind to snatch the game at Wolves this weekend. So um this Jesse Marsh definitely is kind of imprinting his uh, philosophy on the team. But you again, I have no idea what team Ralf Hasenhüttl is going to put out. Are they going to be the southampton that completely loses their minds and concedes four like they did against spurs last weekend or are they the southampton southampton that presses the team to death and um play some fantastic football i think the only right answer to this uh, game is a 2-2 prediction a desmond is what i predict uh, to be the end result of this game is <laughs> only right guys don't you think Now um with regards to Wolves versus Fulham once again in my opinion a slightly tricky fixture you don't quite know what um <laughs> version of Wolves are going to turn up uh, and what version of Fulham is going to turn up because Fulham were great like for all against Liverpool and everyone can say Liverpool was had a bit of an off game on the opening day of the prem uh i would say Fulham were above and beyond much the better team and i think they they look like a team that's here to stay so full wolves are are 
nasty when it comes to home form they they concede very little i don't see them opening up but i also see mitrovic bullying the likes of um roman sais and i think max kilman is also there with conor cody departing to everton just this past week so i see wolves um losing this game i think they they end up dropping further dropping another loss here and with mitrovic scoring two goals so i think a 1-2 is what seems like the ultimate um end result for this game anyway uh do i have to talk about this game um, brentford versus man united i mean is can we like not can we not talk about united i feel feel like we've spoken about united <laughs> a bit much over the last week and nothing really has changed okay fine one thing has changed uh, united after having received severe fan backlash from um over the marco anatovic transfer have decided to not go ahead with it and are pursuing other transfer targets then cody gakpo is uh, from psvs who they're targeting and <laughs> they're chasing arjen rabio whose mother is asking for 200000 pounds a week i really hope the deal falls through for 200000 pounds a week to play a slightly upgraded version of scott mctominay is totally not worth it and shifting him on in two years on those wages is going to be an absolute nightmare so I would much rather United go look at other aspects. Like Yuri Tillemans is there, Ruben Neves is there. Just approach the Premier League clubs and and figure out a deal. Like you don't need to sit and worry about Veronique Rabio and her nonsense. But anyway, back to the game. Brentford United. If the United from last weekend show up, Brentford are about to slap them. But if the United that from preseason shows up, I think they'll register their first win on of the season. Will Anthony Martial be back? I highly doubt it. But I think they have enough in that team to come out uh, 3-1 winners. I can't believe I'm saying 3-1 here. I expect this result, this prediction to fully bite me in the ass in about <laughs> uh, three days, in about three to four days. So we, we'll really see how, how that ends up playing out. But I expect Brentford... to um to give united a bit of a scare but no it won't be enough um 3-1 to united is what i'm predicting um in terms of the next game which is nottingham forest versus west ham nottingham forest playing for the first time uh in the premier league uh, at home in a very long time um against a a west ham team that are still try- trying to get a few transfers over the line I believe uh, Armando Broja is a big um, target for for David Moyes and they're still trying to figure that out. Skamaka hasn't really hit the ground running and I think West Ham for the most part they were missing four center backs uh, in in the previous match. Isa Diop has kind of moved to Fulham as well. So they 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 look a little short uh, at the back and Nottingham might give them some trouble. This is kind of weird it's going to be like a West Ham uh, Lingard It's going to be a Lingard derby because Lingard kind of played West Ham like a fiddle for the most part and ultimately ended up picking uh, Nottingham Forest. So I assume there's going to be some some bad blood between the two clubs when they meet this weekend. But I believe West Ham are just a lot more well equipped to handle the threat. I think Jared Bowen hasn't gotten going gotten going yet. Should go to the World Cup in my opinion. I think he's had a terrific season in the last year. 
So let's see what what ends up happening. And uh, I, I think West Ham ultimately end up coming out of this game two uh, nil winners. I don't I don't see um, Forest scoring, and I could be completely wrong. But at this moment in time, I don't see them scoring. Now this is probably the fixture of the weekend, uh, which is Chelsea Tottenham, and kind of where a lot of my concerns for Chelsea comes from. Now Tuchel is a bit of a tactical genius. But he needs a certain set of players to execute his plans. Thiago Silva is still there, uh, his, his lieutenant on, on the pitch. But there's no more Rudiger to execute the batshit craziness that his uh, d- defense did so well over the last two seasons, or rather one and a half seasons. So it's going to be interesting to see just how well they combat a Conte team in full flow. Uh, I think Perisic is still not regained full match fitness. Uh, Son and Kane were kind of nearly there in the previous games. Uh, I, I expect them to be a little more sharper, a little more sharp for for this round of fixtures. So it, it's going to be an, an, a bit of an interesting, um, an interesting watch for sure. Like Spurs have have a horrid record at the Bridge, which kind of, um, you know suits Chelsea's narrative, but I don't think Chelsea win this game. Uh, I think a 1-1 draw, like a, 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 a grindy, ugly, not-so-fun Super Sunday of a game is coming our way with a 1-1 draw. I do see, I mean, a part of me thinks Spurs could win this, but I just don't think Tuchel will let them play the football that they want to play. I think he'll grind it out, take the point, and, and just continue to rebuild the team and hope things eventually do settle. Now, uh, the last fixture of the of the game week is, of course, Liverpool versus Palace. Now, here's a stat for all you FPL enthusiasts. Salah has never scored in the game week two of the season ever. So if you want to captain somebody, I think Haaland is possibly the go-to choice. And I don't, and I fully expect him to be the most captain player uh, come Saturday afternoon. So I believe Liverpool kind of steamroll Palace here. Palace still look a little out of sorts. They don't look um, great. They will offer some fight, but I don't think it will be enough. And as for the FPL points... Always captain Salah. I mean, more often than not, you will be rewarded for it. I know the game week two fixture curse is uh, may hold good, and you may not end up getting your points. But who knows? This might be the year Salah breaks the curse. Remember, K never scored in August until he did. Well, this might be the weekend that Salah scores in the second game week of the season. Uh, I think Nunes will also. I think Nunes is going to start this game. I think we're going to see a front three of. Nunez, um, Luis Diaz, and, and Salah. And it's going to be proper chaos in the box uh, as Klopp looks to um, bring the first home win of the season. I'm going for a 3-0 resounding victory to Liverpool this, this game week. So that's it. Those are my predictions for this particular game week. If you have any questions... Please feel free to to drop them in our in our chat or just hit us up on Instagram at who scored again. You should be able to find us pretty quickly. Um, and let us know what you think, uh, what uh, who you have in your your teams. We might just do, or probably we will do, a live FPL show on 
on Saturday, an hour before uh, the deadline. So keep your FPL queries till then. I've had a horrible game week. Like I mentioned in the previous stream, I ended up taking a minus eight. But we'll get to that uh, and all that's good in the FPL uh, show starting an hour hour before the deadline on Saturday. Until then, I guess it's just me going to sign off. I know this is this week has been relatively short. There will be a lot more conversation and you know we be a lot more interactive, but this time around, I just kind of wanted to get an episode out before um, the game began and enough uh, and, and you know we just have it with enough time for you guys to like check it out or listen to it. That's me. I'm going to sign off now. It's been a bit of a long day. I'll see you guys uh, for the FPL stream on the weekend. Take care. And remember, if you haven't liked the video, please do like the video. If you haven't subscribed, please do subscribe. And if you have friends who are interested in footballing debates, please send them our way. Or introduce them to the channel. If they like what they see, they'll hit us up. Uh, Take care. Stay safe. Uh, We'll see you around. Have a good one.